Hello and welcome to the 365 Talk Social Media Podcast. This week I'm joined by Abby again. Hi. She's a regular now. It's, <laughs> it's the Amy and Abby show. So yeah. in this week's podcast, we wanted to do a overview of August social media platform updates. Our wonderful content creator, Beth, creates this as a blog post on our website every kind of month reflecting on the past month. But I also feel that for those that like to enjoy a podcast, it's nice to have this type of content in a podcast form if you prefer reading blog posts then it's also on our blog page so no matter the kind of preference of digesting content we have the option for you and I did this a couple of months ago and I'm sure I said then I would do it every month and I stopped so I feel like August has been a pretty big month in terms of social media updates especially as we look forward to the rest of the year I think that there's not so much kind of hesitation with social media as there was before because of COVID and everything. I think that every business that at least I've spoken to is ready to jump straight back in. There's not that hesitation of, is there going to be another lockdown anymore? It's kind of like, no, we're doing it. We're going to be all right. And I think that a lot of social platforms and businesses using them are realizing that. So with that said, we're gonna jump into the social media updates from August and letting you know what that means for your business or just different considerations you should take, especially if you wanna have a step ahead of the crowd, you wanna be in front of your competitors in terms of making decisions. And at the end of the day, knowing changes means you're better equipped to do that. So the first thing, and I think that Abs will be even better at talking about this than me, will be that LinkedIn acquired Jump Rope. Yeah, so Jump Rope is a video sort of educational platform. People share videos explaining how to do things. Almost similar to, I would say, Skillshare, but I believe it's a free platform rather than something you pay a subscription for. Um, so they've acquired this in the hope of, of getting more, more video content on the platform, I believe, and to help Jump Rope reach the potential that they wanted, I think, was what their the Jump Rope team was saying they they wanted it to be this global thing mm. that people used and utilized for education partnering with linkedin or being bought by linkedin has is going to be able to help help do that um which they're quite excited about by the sounds of things yeah and even just the stats here that two million people per month watch jump ropes i mean mm. i genuinely never heard of it before today no but I think that that's really interesting. And even as a company, we've spoken about creating more education-based video content. And I think really it would be a silly move for us not to take. Mm. And something like this would be the best platform to do that. I think LinkedIn is perfect when it comes to B2B education, but also B2C communication and education in terms of how are you best delivering your resources as a company and how are you going to share that? And I think that especially when we look at us as an agency in terms of how are we benefiting people, I think there's definitely two sides to that. Obviously, we have our brands, our clients, our, our customers that we, of course, nurture and love, absolutely. But there's also that other side of, you know, we want people to be able to turn to us for education or if they have a question, whether that's in the form of our blogs, our podcasts, and then hopefully video content that we can share through LinkedIn, that means that regardless of your skill set on social media, there should be something for you. Yeah. And that's something that we are actively looking into. And something like Jump Rope, like Abby mentioned, would be perfect to do that because it has a global community. But with LinkedIn, it's going to just propel that even more. Yeah. So that's exciting. I think it's 
I think every social media platform is realising the benefit of video content. Mm. Facebook and Instagram particularly have come out and said that they're going to be prioritising video content in what they're pushing and how they're sharing content from its users in terms of reach. So if you don't do video content now, Mm. now's the time to start. Get on that bus before it goes. Exactly. And video content isn't just making silly TikToks with your team members. No, absolutely. And it's something we've decided not to do. We've decided not to do a TikTok account, probably because I am terrible at dancing and I don't <laughs> I don't want that to be out there. But, you know, not everything is relevant for everyone, but video is a way of creating something. So, yeah. again, if you are a B2B business and you're thinking, how am I creating video content? Well, make it resources, make it educational, make it, again, a reason why people follow you because you add that dimension in terms of your communication. And I think that, yeah, you know, I'm really excited to see how that changes LinkedIn because we're going to see a huge shift. Yeah. Because LinkedIn at the moment for me is still very wordy. Yeah. It's, there's images often and sometimes people are uploading some videos, but I think it's the very lengthy LinkedIn posts I'm seeing that I'm like, I, I'm not going to read that. Yeah. But something like that in a video, I would probably watch more. Um, so yeah, excited to see that. The next change is disappearing images and videos on WhatsApp. So this follows a similar USP that Snapchat obviously had where videos and photos would disappear after being viewed. So WhatsApp are basically creating this and displaying it as a view once, which aims to further levels of privacy and help prevent users' camera rolls from filling up with photos if you don't need to keep them permanently. I could turn that off on an iPhone, though. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Number one, I hate platforms stealing other platforms' things. Mm. Um, but if WhatsApp is meant to be encrypted end-to-end... So in what instance would you need to do a view once mm. if it's encrypted and nobody else could see it? They use this as an example of why you'd use view once. Some new clothes you're trying on at a store, you want a quick reaction to a moment in time or something sensitive. For me, that opens up sharing things you shouldn't share. That's my first view of something like Absolutely. view once. And, you know, unfortunately, the way that Snapchat was used quite a lot was the fact that the wrong style of content was sent. Mm. And, you know, yeah, you can view it once, but you can still screenshot on your phone. Yeah. And I think that Snapchat lets you know when people screenshot your pictures. Yes. By that point, it might be too late and they might have screenshotted something you didn't want them to screenshot. Yeah. Unfortunately. But I just don't see a need personally in terms of this kind of disappearing images. I think mm. that, I don't know, I just personally feel like that opens up more cons and pros. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're saying about Snapchat, like if you need to put a view once on something you're sending to somebody so it doesn't save to their camera roll or mm. something like that, perhaps you should think about is it worth sending this thing yeah. to that person <laughs> rather than having view once on? Yeah, and like the example they say there of you're trying new clothes on and you want a quick reaction. Well, if I just sent a photo of me trying on a new jacket and said, do you like this? That's no different to me. <laughs> like, I don't need that to disappear because if they say no, I'm like, oh God, get rid of it. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, hmm, strange one. Yeah. 
So Twitter Spaces. So Twitter has launched a new co-hosting option for Spaces, giving users another way to manage and control their audio conversations. Spaces hosts will now be able to easily add co-hosts from guest tab at the bottom of the Spaces screen by searching for a list of people currently attending their space and adding the relevant user as a partner host. So this update could be handy for brands who use the feature, offers more capacity to manage discussions and keep spammers at bay. I've never used Twitter spaces and none of our clients do. No. So it's really hard to do that. However, people I follow do use spaces. Yeah, I see like when you open up Twitter, there's always somebody mm. in that sort of top bar where the fleets used to be. But this is another thing of social media platforms stealing stuff from other social media platforms. This is what Clubhouse is. Yeah. I don't necessarily see the benefit of it being on Twitter. But there, there obviously is benefits of it because so many people are using it. Perhaps it's something I need to get more involved in. Yeah, I think that... I think I, I can't remember how who I spoke about this with, whether it was on the podcast or away from the podcast, but I think that Twitter is something that typically... Your tweets live forever. Yeah. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on what you're tweeting... This is an opportunity for you to, I guess, speak without it being archived in a sense. But again, the same thing applies. If you're not happy for it to be kind of archived, what are you saying that shouldn't be said? And I think in terms of reaction things, this could be good. I I follow a lot of people on um, Twitter that talk about football. Yeah. So I guess in that in that sense, you know, you're talking about a match that's probably happening or happened. Very reactive. And you're probably going to get a better quality of conversation using spaces than just text replying to someone. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer came out mm. on Monday. So that's the same sort of thing. It yeah. could be very reactionary. But then I guess you could get that from things like Instagram Lives and... and yeah, well, that's it. That's That was my other question is that this is obviously like an audio conversation, yes. not video. Yeah. Um, I watch a lot of Instagrams where people go live and they go live with other people and mm. brands go live with influencers or however that dynamic works. And that works really well. I then also enjoy podcasts. Yeah. So I don't know whether I need to follow more people that host more Twitter spaces to understand if it's for me. Mm. Because I suppose it would be because I do like listening to things without watching things. But also if I'm learning about something... I typically like to watch. Mm. Strange one. Be interested to see how other people use it. I guess it helps protect that. It Say you are a brand or somebody who is anonymous for whatever reason online. It helps protect that yeah, anonymity without doing like a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live where you have to show your face or mm. put a person to a brand. That's so true, and I guess that's why we do this podcast, but not video record us doing the podcast. Mm. It's the same kind of thing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we need to look into that. Another th update for Twitter is that design and layout changes on Twitter changed slightly. So we saw a new custom font called Chirp, because it's birds, it's Twitter, brilliant. <laughs> um, I actually really like the new font. Love it. Love I it. think that it's so much easier to read. And I'm someone that when I skim read things, and typically that's what I do on social media, mm. when I'm not at work, obviously, I miss words. Yeah. So I've not found that with this. I think it's a lot more accessible. And I know that was 
the premise behind it. Yeah. And obviously I'm not someone that would need the accessibility more than others. But if I've even noticed that difference, I really hope that those that need it do benefit from it. And yeah. I think that it generally it is easier to read. It's They said there's fewer grey backgrounds and it divides lines in order to declutter the display. And it was changed on mobile app and desktop. So mm. it's more accessible, unique and focused on you and what you're talking about. Yeah, I really like the way it looks. I think that it's, yeah, just kind of looks a bit neater. Yeah, like you say, clearer, more accessible. It's not just the font as well. Like the the follower button has changed from it being a blue mm. thing to, to black and white. Yeah. Which I believe if you need a screen, like overlay um, to help digest content through a screen that makes that more accessible yeah. as well rather than having like you say gray backgrounds and colors all over the shop having a bit more black and white a better term in terms of the actual thing and metaphorically having that there does build that accessibility there as well and I know they've they've said about wanting to be more accessible which is only going to be a beneficial thing mm. um, in the long run no, I think it's great. I think that it looks so much better. And unfortunately, there are people that kind of don't like change. Yeah. But I think you have to realise why that change was made. And if you're fortunate enough to be able to read social media without having those difficulties, you shouldn't comment on a layout that is made to help other people that have those difficulties. Yeah. Like, this change wasn't meant for you. Yeah. So You can still use it as you were using it. Um, it just means that more people can use it as you were using it. Yeah. Um, so the next update is that reviews and ratings are coming to LinkedIn, which I'm quite excited about. I didn't, again, know about this before. Mm. Um, so obviously we do review management here. So this is going to be very exciting for us in terms of how this plays out. So LinkedIn's next update was, was that it's creating reviews and ratings elements for services feature. So this was launched in 2019. Initially, the service tool allows freelancers and SMBs to list the services they provide on their LinkedIn profile. And now clients and customers can leave a review of the work they've received, which are then displayed on the user's profile page. Those that have enabled the services on their LinkedIn profile will be given 20 credits to request reviews from previous clients as part of the initial launch of the feature. A range of management options will be available to let users control how reviews are displayed in order to avoid the tool being abused by rivals or competitors. That was going to be my first thing was, mm. how do you stop a competitor trying to push you down and push them up? But yeah. they're obviously doing that. So from, from what it sounds like, this is just an expansion of like your skills and endorsements, mm. but being able to give more commentary and a, a linear value to things in, a, in terms of a star rating or whatever they mm. choose to use. I, I think it's a good thing. It's one of those ones where like LinkedIn has always been such a, a profile that hasn't really changed and now it's bringing in all these changes and you're like, oh, well, I guess we've just got to see how this plays out really. Yeah, I'm particularly excited about this from a business perspective because I guess freelancers, if you're very like sure of what you freelance on, that's a benefit. Yeah. Um, and I think from a business point of view, that would be great. Again, for when people are just researching companies, it's great to always hear kind of case studies, testimonials, and to have someone at the end of a review that you can then click on and verify they are real. Yeah. Um, I think that that always adds value in terms of a business profile. So, yeah, I think that that's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited mm. to see how that plays out. And then, you know, it'll get to a point, hopefully, where 
that requires a service to maintain it because everyone's leaving reviews and it becomes like a norm to leave it similar to you do on other review platforms. I think yeah. for a business perspective, it's slightly different though. People don't leave reviews for a service in the same way that they used to. But there's lots of updates in August. So the next thing is Facebook Reels. So Reels used to be exclusive to Instagram, but this month, Facebook have rolled them out. So giving users the ability to create and share short form video content directly within the newsfeed and in groups, you can click create as you would on Instagram. And as you scroll down the newsfeed, you're watching other reels or by tapping on the reels section at the top of your newsfeed. From here, users will gain access to a standard set of video creation tools. Instagram reel creators will also be able to share their reel across the two apps, resulting in their clips being displayed on Facebook beside their name and then also on Instagram beside their name. What do you think of that? This is another thing where you don't need every single thing on every single platform. Like, not only does it water out what you're on that platform for, but you can't have the same content across mm. these two platforms. You need to give people a reason to both like you on Facebook and follow you on Instagram, and that is the content you're posting. So by adding this to Facebook as well, you're just putting another thing on the to-do list of every social media manager or agency out there that works in the creative and content field that they've got to either find budget for in terms of creation, gain ideas in terms of different things to post on the platform. I don't necessarily consume a lot of Instagram reels. I'm more of a TikTok person, but if if I do, I will go to Instagram for it. I'm not going to be going to Facebook for that mm. for that content. Um, I think I found this where they did the same with stories, where yeah. people's stories will appear. And now Facebook for me is a very like personal platform. So mm. I'll have friends, family, people I used to go to school with. It's more of a community in terms of my personal community. Yeah. When I go on Instagram, I follow more than just that. So I'll follow typically my friends, my family, my close community, but also an expansion of that in terms of just people's content I like. You know, I'm not going to connect connect on Facebook, request friends on Facebook just by someone that I think, oh, they're cool. Whereas on Instagram, I can follow and it's a bit more kind of disposable. Yeah. But with that, and I noticed this on when Facebook shared stories, I'll go on Facebook and see people's stories. I then go on Instagram and when I'm looking at people's stories of those I don't follow on Facebook, I then suddenly see the same content. Yeah. And then I've, that makes me more inclined to think like, I'm going to stop watching these. I've seen this before. Yeah. As opposed to showing me new content. And like you say, if you want to watch people's reels, you're going to go to Instagram. Like, I just feel like with social networks lately, other than TikTok, there's not been a huge... I guess, like, introduction to something new. So everyone's scrambling, oh, what can we take? What can we take? Yeah. And I think it also encourages people to share the same content across both platforms, which is obviously is what it's saying, is that you can do it with ease. But as a social media kind of marketer, you know that you should tailor your content per platform. Yeah. So I just think that if you're not doing anything on Facebook, but you have a Facebook page and you want to share things, perhaps there's value but I don't want that to encourage people to share the same post where they think, actually, yeah, you know what? I can share everything on Instagram, feed, reels, stories, it all, 
to my Facebook account because you're not going to get that cross-following. No. You want to give a reason why people are on your Facebook account. You want to give a reason as to why people are on your Instagram account. And the content can be slightly similar, but it shouldn't be the same. And that's something that is so hard for us to get across to clients when it's like, that just is turning your community away. Yeah. Because if they follow you on Instagram, like, they're just not going to follow you anymore. Yeah. On anywhere else. And like brands we've done like audits for like they will typically have like one start platform which nine out of ten times is instagram but then you'll we'll do a, an audit of their twitter and their facebook page and they are sharing this just the exact same content over mm -hmm. there even like the 30 hashtags you've got from instagram or in your facebook caption and when people like swipe to see this but it's just on facebook it's just a collage yeah exactly and it just doesn't work but they have a better chance of having... You can see, like, it, those posts will perform well on Instagram. That same post on Facebook has absolutely dire engagement. Mm. There's no point in it because you're not, you're not gaining anything from it. You're not gaining impressions or reach or, or comments or building conversations anywhere. Yeah, it is just, just like... for the sake of having some content on there, which at the end of the day isn't the point, is it, of posting? Right, let's run through the last two things. Realise we've been talking forever. Um, so TikTok has got the Shopify expansion. So I talked about this in a previous podcast where I talked about TikTok partnering with Shopify to make it more of a kind of shopping platform where you can, there's a shopping tab. Mm. Um, and it's kind of doing that much like Instagram shop now. Okay. So while the update doesn't provide direct in-stream shopping, it's a big win for e-commerce brands looking to promote items and boost traffic to their website to complete a purchase. And I think, you know, I, I think I talk for everyone when I say we've always watched a TikTok and you think, I need to find out more about that. And actually oh, yeah. on those situations, I like the idea of being able to kind of click on something because sometimes they are quite obscure and I wouldn't mm. even know what to necessarily search. And that has value because often TikToks will blow one product up hugely and it then gives the creator the opportunity to make a commission through um, affiliate links gives the brand that recognition to the creator if they've created the video they're able to see that traffic's come from them yeah. I think that's great in terms of responsibility and I guess credit where it's due um, I don't like it because I don't I love TikTok because you just swipe and you're watching videos and there's no other motive yeah I think when you add a shopping feature creators then know hang on a minute i could make money here and then yeah. it becomes more product focused yeah it'd be interesting to see is like do you know if this is something that's being rolled out to everyone can anyone set up a like well i don't know shop front this or is what i'm in interested to see because i normally these types of things happen in the us first yeah and then come to the uk so we'll have to keep an eye out but i guess generally if they've said that they're partnering with tiktok i would imagine that'd be global eventually whether that's mm. from the start or the end yeah because um, obviously there's there's ways of making money through tiktok already through like the creator fund and things obviously that does have a limit on it whether they put a similar limit on mm. people who can use this new expansion yeah mm. interesting and then the last thing is something that i just wanted to add is instagram is changing their swipe up to shop or swipe up link whatever you want to call it they're changing that it's almost like with immediate effect yeah. to a, a link sticker. So I was just chatting to Abby about this before the podcast. And I think 
The reason for that is because I imagine, and I'm just taking a shot out in the dark here, that is that they're gonna change the way that people scroll through their reels in a swipe up motion like TikTok. And I think that obviously having a link to swipe up, you can't do that anymore. So if you have a sticker instead, because people are so used to doing that on TikTok and they hop over to Instagram, they almost don't realize they're on Instagram Yeah. and then they stay there. So I think that that's why. And also I read different reports, nothing is yet in concrete as a time of film recording this, is that I don't think this is gonna have a 10,000 follower limit. Could be wrong, they could change that, but mm. from the reports I've seen is that this will be open to everyone. Yeah, which is great for small businesses and people who, like you say, use affiliate links, influencers and creators that use affiliate links, because they are able to have that same level footing that everybody else has in terms of being able to promote their products in, in an easier way. I know I follow some some small businesses on on Instagram and getting people to view your content, love your product, but then head to a separate place to go to the link in your bio, mm. go through your link tree or your tap link or whatever you've got to find your store and then find that product where you can do a direct link to the, the product you're talking about is going to be beneficial. And I, I think small businesses will see an increase in possibly not sales, depending on what they're selling, but traffic at least. Yeah. I think it's going to be hugely beneficial and I also think that it's always so strange and again if Twitter uh, if Instagram does put a like a follower limit on it it's gonna be frustrating because I think that social media is not about the number of fans because unfortunately you can just buy them yeah and I did a podcast where you shouldn't buy them and why um you will lose your page if you do that but like that's a very, very vanity statistic. It should be more on like engagement rate and how good of an audience you've built. And I think that rewarding everyone with the same feature would be brilliant mm. because then it gives everyone that equal opportunity. And like you said, small businesses that, you know, how can they compete with someone that's got over the follower limit? They've got a huge amount of traffic from there. And we see from our brands, those that use instagram well and have that swipe up feature get a lot of traffic yeah those that don't it's not the same yeah so yeah i think that that's going to be awesome to see and i'm gonna see if they end up changing it to a swipe down to view different videos yeah i have a hunch because of course you can't just do like your own thing you have to copy what other Obviously. platforms are doing that's the game of social media at the minute so if that does happen amy amy you reported it first, it first. yeah um, give credit that. where credit is due. So I mean, to be fair, by the, we're recording this. By the time this goes out, it might be old news. <laughs> yeah, it true. might be like, well, yeah, duh. But, you know, <laughs> we are recording this over a week before it goes out. So we shall see. But, yeah, that is everything that, well, and there's more from August, but we've been talking for a very long time. So <laughs> we hope that this has been insightful. And, of course, as ever, if you have any questions in terms of any of these updates, we're on social. You can reach out to Ask and Ask, either myself or Abby or one of our members of our wonderful community management team. Any questions and we will get back to you on an answer to hopefully help. So, yeah, that's all from us this week. Thank you so much for listening. Obviously, if you got this far, well done. Very long. And, yeah, <laughs> we will chat to you next week. Bye. Bye.